In this Burritos, Breaks, and Flies micro-tip podcast, we welcome back one of our most awesome guests, Mr. Travis Hawks. Mr. Travis Hawks, dude, he is absolutely an outdoor stud. Really is. Uh, fisheries biologist for the Nevada Department of Wildlife. Uh, he overlooks uh, a number of the uh, fisheries in western Nevada. And we're going to be chatting about the brown trout and specifically spawning activity. Things to look for, things to look out for, uh, how to help the spawn, and you know what to stay away from, like the reds. What do they look like? Where are they at? Why you don't step on them? All that type of good stuff. And this is really relevant to the situation that we have now, especially on the Truckee River with low water. Uh, we really have to be mindful of the situation out there. If we want to retain that fishery, um, we need to do what we can to help it. So uh, hope you enjoy this episode. And again, thanks to our sponsors, Loop Tackle, Adams Built, Monic Fly Lines, Battleborn Beer. Without those sponsors... Hey, these podcasts wouldn't be possible. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. And welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies Micro Tip Podcast. Now we have a repeat guest, probably, I have to say, probably single handedly my most popular guest I've had on the podcast. We've had hundreds of requests to get him back on. I think it's hundreds, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, last night we had a great podcast. But hey, welcome back. Travis Hawks. Well, thank thank you for having me, and I highly doubt you've had hundreds of requests to have me back, but I appreciate it. Oh, come on, it felt good to hear it, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take every compliment I can get. No, oh, but really, the last podcast that we did was very well received. Um, highest listenership of any of my podcasts that I've done, so well done, sir. Whatever yeah. you did. You did it right. <laughs> you did it right. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're here today to talk a little bit about the brown trout and the brown trout specifically in northern Nevada. And we are in and around, you know, the midst of spawning season, which is a pretty significant time for this fish for us to be aware of how, when, why, where it spawns and uh, certain things we should look for and look out for whether in high water conditions, low water conditions, and and everything in between. So that's why we invited Mr. Hawks on board to kind of give us a lowdown on, uh, you know, what the brown trout spawn is about and, um, you know, just details on how to protect it, how to mitigate any damage to reds, what to look for, what to do, what not to do, and all that good stuff as it pertains to the biology of the fish. So... The red carpet is yours, sir. <laughs> so, so hey, maybe you could tell us. Let's just start off this way. When in northern Nevada, when do you typically see uh, the brown trout spawn start and end? Um. So you know, it's 
It varies a little bit year to year. Uh, water temperature plays a huge role, um, you know, weather conditions, all that, flow conditions. But you can kind of count um, mid-September, late September, you're going to start getting some of the pre-spawn behavior. You're going to start seeing a little bit of red cleaning um, fish out there, basically digging beds, digging nests. Um, swimming sideways you'll see them flashing occasionally in shallower water um that's kind of the beginning of it uh and then you know it just progresses from there so like right now i mean we're at it's october 7th today we're getting fairly close to the peak i mean they there there's absolutely fish out there right now that i'm sure are actively spawning females on beds um and then you know it, it'll run all the way into november um the truckee seems to be a little bit earlier than um say the east walker the truckies going will be going good right now through october the east walker uh we still we see fish out there spawning in, into november um okay. early no early november not late and it again it's kind of dependent on water temps and stuff once that temp really starts to to drop you're gonna see those fish pulling off of them but um yeah i mean basically late september through october is kind of when you can count on on brown trout and and whitefish. Mountain whitefish is the other one that a lot of people don't realize. They're also a fall spawner, so um, they're another one to just kind of keep in mind. They're out there doing their thing right now as well. Interesting. Is there any difference in the spawn cycle, let's say, with a a, a river-born fish versus, a, let's say, a, a brown trout that main habitat, let's say, is a stillwater, you know, with, with let's say, a stillwater maybe with access to, um, you know, a river or a spring or a stream? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, they're the habitat they're targeting to spawn. Um, both of them, a, a lake fish or a river fish, are going to be. It's going to be the same type of habitat. They need. They're they're considered stream obligate spawners for the most part. They kind of need that flowing water um, that's going to be moving over their eggs and keeping basically bacteria things like that from accumulating on the eggs. Um, okay. And so what they're doing is they're you know they're they're targeting not i wouldn't say super shallow water if they can avoid it but you know water that's you know, maybe max two feet that has good flow moving through it that's got a good clean gravel bottom um and they'll actually i mean they get in there and they they clean that gravel themselves so they'll they'll get in there with their tail they'll they'll swim sideways they'll they'll use the propulsion from their tail to blow water through the rocks and basically cleans out those rocks gets all the sand and fine sediment out of there and then they'll, the females will lay their eggs into those rocks, into those little crevices that they've cleaned out. And those eggs have they're a little bit, a little bit adhesive to where they'll kind of stick, so they don't just all disappear down the river. Um, and then you know a male will come by and fertilize them. But but yeah, they're lake and river fish are even when lake fish you know pull out of the lake, move into a river system or a stream or whatever, they're looking for that same type of you know fairly swift moving clean gravel foot to two feet deep nice and is there any like naturally occurring uh occurrences in nature like what that would be prohibitive like so what's the the ideal the ideal condition for the spawn i'm obviously you noted uh you know the, the moving water of course but what if there's a lack of moving water and let's you know or high variances in water temperature let's just here let's let's narrow it down travis yeah like low and th this pertains to a, a river in our area right yeah. low low flow yeah. really low low water you know um instances of you know higher than 
normal seasonal temperatures well up until now um what how does that affect the brown trout spawn or are they hardy of enough fish to where it takes quite a bit to really inhibit that that spawn i mean the the fish themselves are hardy they're you know they're gonna if they can find enough habitat to hang on they will but um it the spawn they're they're sensitive during the spawn the i mean basically their their eggs are incredibly sensitive and so you know for i mean yeah we're talking about the truckie and the truckie's bottomed out right now um i mean flows 30 cfs less than that in some areas um and uh yeah i mean it's going to be a very very poor spawn i mean it, it's kind of there's several issues right so you there's not a lot of flow moving through it has been unseasonably warm up until about today and um so fish are going to lay their eggs they you know they still develop eggs they still attempt to spawn but what happens is that warmer water with no real good flow moving through a lot of those eggs are basically going to be lost to they they build bacteria i mean and they get they get mold on them funguses all types of stuff that just kills the eggs so you're going to see in those stretches of the river where it's bottomed out right now you're there's just it's going to be a poor spawn i mean that doesn't mean there won't be a spawn at all because fish are going to try and a handful of them will find suitable locations to spawn but then you we also run into the issue of you know we these flows don't look like they're coming up anytime soon temps are going to get a lot better which is good but the offspring you know the the young of the year the they're i mean they're called alvins as they as the they hatch and swim up out of the, the rocks yeah they'll uh they're gonna be pretty vulnerable um deep again they're not gonna have any real protective cover they're gonna be basically forced into the same areas that the older more predatory fish that are just hanging out are gonna be in so you know you're gonna see a lot of predation on those fish you're gonna see a lot of them simply die because they can't they're not gonna find habitat they're just not gonna be able to survive so I mean, in general, a, a year like this, uh, where we're bottomed out, is is in that stretch of the river is going to be it's going to be a very poor spawn. Um, but I mean, silver lining for the Truckee is the the upper part of the Truckee has still got good flows. Um, we're over 100 cfs up there. Those fish are going to do their thing. They're going to and they'll provide basically the source stock for you know whatever we lose in the more you know town stretch. And then even the lower river flows are, are not great down there, but um, they're all right right now. And with this, the temps cooling off, I think we'll get some spawning activity down there as well that will help to keep the population. It's it's going to take a bit of a hit this year, but it'll it'll help it a little bit. So nice. And speaking of that predation, um, how was that the West Walker probably about two weeks ago on the California side up there by Sonora? and pickle meadows and <laughs> classic example like all there was tons of you call them the alvins right yeah. um i don't know they weren't brown trout they were they look like brookies because mm -hmm. you get a lot of them that pour over from um from uh, uh poor lake yeah. and uh and then you get some you know a little bit of natural breeding in that river anyway these things were sitting in a few inches of water because that river is really skinny and you look I, you know, I saw zero human footprints, but what I saw, I saw raccoon prints, I saw coyote prints, and you see these little struggle points in the water, like where the animals, like, you know, took a dive for them. Yeah. But these poor schools, they have no option. They either have that shallow water where they think they're safe, 
But if they move into that just a little bit deeper, faster moving water, they're just scattered and then they're just, you know, open season out there as well. So I can imagine, you know, that's a similar picture on the truck you were. But you know what? The, the advantage that the walker has is people don't go there. Like right. it's just like like it's just minimal traffic, you know. Um, here on the Truckee, even on the Walker, you have a lot more angler traffic. So, what would you say, like in in this instance? Um, oh, wow, it's kind of kind of a leading question here. But <laughs> if 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 somebody was angling for these, let's let's presume they they thought they found some safe water. I mean, number one suggestion I would think would be maybe just leave it alone, you know. But you know, would 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 handling someone netting and handling a fish would that have a dramatic effect on uh on the spawn where they where they come off their beds maybe those fish just because of the lower water and their bigger size are already compromised as it is i mean yeah i mean yeah no i mean i know yeah i know what you're saying and and yeah i mean these fish specifically in these low real real low sections right now are they're, they're stressed to the max. They've been, go, they're going on a couple months now, a little bit more of just, you know, just doing what they can to survive. And so, um, yeah, I mean, definitely hooking one, bringing it in, um, handling it, and then releasing it is, it's most likely if, say, it was a gravid female or a, a female that's carrying eggs, there's a good chance she would abort those eggs, um, dump them just from pure stress. Uh, I mean, there's a, ch- there's a chance that, you know, I mean, depending on how wiped out they are, there's a chance that, you know, that fish wouldn't recover and would end up dying. Um, it's, it's kind of, I mean, on the, on the biology population, population management, all that type of stuff. Like it's, it's, there's two sides to it. Um, like I, I personally don't care. I mean, I don't, I don't like to see, people going out in those super low flow sections right now and because those fish are visible those mature old fish are visible they're trying to spawn so you know a lot of them you know the best habitat they can find right now to lay eggs in their backs are sticking out of the water where they're doing it and they're just you can see them from 100 yards away and you know i'm fishing targeting those fish is probably not ideal you know we that we'd like to see them do their thing. We'd like to see them at least attempt to maintain somewhat of a population through there. Um, but I don't want to discourage people from fishing and keeping some of the other fish, right? So like there's guys that want to fish, want to take home their three fish, call it a day. And, and in reality, that's helping the system. They're lessening the burden on the system. So if some guy wants to go out and, or some girl wants to go out and catch her three fish, you know, and three smaller rainbows or whatever, um, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, just those, those mature older fish that everyone knows what they are. They're the 20 plus inch fish that are going to be trying to lay eggs. They're visible. Um, those are the ones that, you know, we need those They're When, when the river comes back up and it will, those are the fish that are going to help to repopulate and maintain the population that everyone, you know, in the last few years has seen and really enjoyed. We're going right. to need those fish in there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to, again, it, it, there's nothing illegal about it, but, you know, just, just, you know, if you care about the fishery and the river and the wild fish that are in there, it's probably best to, to leave those specific spawning older fish alone. And if you want to grab your three fish, you know, go, go for the smaller rainbows, even the smaller browns, but just, just leave those mature ones alone for a little bit. Yeah. And you make a great point there because the one thing I, that can be easily overlooked is, 
you know, I know, I know you have a pretty, pretty great stocking program into the Truckee. However, the brown trout are not part of that stocking program. That um, they're completely, pretty much, as far as I know, they're they're wild. I mean, they at one point they were introduced, and then, well, here they are. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Just for clarification purposes, the rainbows and the browns in the Truckee are, are wild. We currently we're only stocking. Um, we work with the Fish and Wildlife Service to own. They they stock the uh, Lahontan cutthroat trout, um, but rainbows and browns in the river now are basically a hundred percent wild. Um, and I, and you know, that's the way we would like it and we don't stock because of that. We don't want to kind of screw with that. So, um, yeah, the stocking program that is currently in place is more so just to, to get, get, uh, anglers out there that can go to the like easy access spots and catch a few fish. Um, we're not, none of the stocking we do is to like repopulate the river or, you know, develop a wild fishery. It's, it's more just put and take for anglers. Right. Yeah, and here, here's here's a question out of left field, but I, I think we've talked about this a few years ago. But you had a pretty interesting statistic on like the little uh, Lahontans that get planted from you know from the, the the thousands that get planted. What's the? <laughs> and I laugh at it because I feel like I know the answer, but the survivability rate. So like you 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 let's say you truckload tons of them in there in June and July, and by the time you do your your annual survey. How many of those are you finding, if any? I mean, what's do they even really, really make it? I mean, <laughs> really make it um, uh, other than being in the bellies of other fish or birds or right? Yeah, know. the birds are a big one. Cormorants are a big one. Eh? They give me a headache. But um, yeah, I mean it. And and so I've never done any. We've never done any type of like formal study on on this on how this how the, how well the L, the LCT lot and cut their trout survive in the Truckee River after being stocked. There's tons and tons of studies out there that show just hatchery fish in general don't do well in a wild environment. Um, Just, I mean, so like, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, like in 20, I guess it would have been last year, 2020, in that 2020 survey, nope, that's incorrect, I apologize. 2019, I believe, 2019 survey, the we had stocked somewhere around 50,000 LCT that year, I believe. And again, I don't have these numbers in front of me. I'm generalizing on the data, but it was like 50,000 um, stocked throughout the summer for angling. And then we did the survey that year in late September, early October. And in that survey, I believe we we found less than 10. Um, and that's pretty standard in that survey. You know, it's wow. we're, we're finding less than one. We're getting less than one percent return in the survey, but we're also only hitting certain areas. Um, we're not covering a vast majority of the the river itself. But compared to data we had on on like triploid rainbows, sterile rainbows, there's still very very poor return on them as well. But it was a li- somewhat better up into the like three four percent return on those. So. Um, it just, I mean, in general, it just goes to show that like stocking of a hatchery fish into this wild environment is not, we're not developing any type of wild fishery from that. It's, we, again, we put them in there. We want guys out there catching them. It also takes a little bit of pressure from the angling side of things off of the wild fishery because those fish are so easy to catch. Um, sure does. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, so that's, you know, just kind of the stocking in a nutshell, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, Travis. I think you've given us some pretty, 
pretty great information um, on the brown trout spawn on on what it looks like normally and what it looks like now. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's helpful to anglers just because when they when they pick their time of year to go out, you know, and it, it helps them be a little bit more aware of right. <clears throat> what they're looking at, what they're doing, what they probably should do or shouldn't do for the sake of the fishery, you know. So, right. yeah, and it, I mean, one thing, too, I didn't mention was like you just what you're looking for, too, you know. So on a normal year when when the, the river is flowing 200 CFS right now instead of 30 you can't see those fish as well and they're out there spawning and you know just be aware that during that time of the year they are out there and and you're looking for the reds is what you want to avoid so and it's basically just cleaned off gravel and it's once you see one you'll always know what a red looks like it's if you look across like a, a you know flat water flat run section and you can see the bottom and it's all kind of a dark brown or orangish color with you know the moss things like that growing and then all of a sudden you see like a, a round area a three foot round area that's very bright rock that it literally looks like it got pressure washed that's that's a red like it's just cleaned off rocks in the midst of all the rest of the rocks and that's where those fish are they're going to be right in that area you know either laying their eggs or actively spawning things like that so so no question about it really yeah. it's like it's pretty obvious so yeah. Yeah. That's a handy piece of information right there, Travis. <laughs> so here, I got to, we'll wrap this up because it is a micro tip podcast, but Hey, I need to know, I need to know if your position has changed on your breakfast burrito. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, it has not. No, it has not. And I haven't, I, I actually don't know that I've even had a breakfast burrito since the last time we talked. It's not, not so much a summertime thing for me. It's more of a, you know, fall, winter, early spring. Wow. Wow. It's uncanny of you. I just, it just, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know you, man. It's taco it's season. It's taco, <laughs> it's taco season. It is. Well, yeah, it is taco season. That is, that is very true. <laughs> so, well, awesome. And, uh, uh, is there any, is there any, let's say like endow resource or anything that that's available like on the website or anything, if somebody wants to kind of dig in a little bit more on the brown trout species or stuff like that, or any um, recommendation there? Our, our website's currently going through kind of an update. We're actually, we're developing an entirely new one. Um, and so hopefully once that is actually finalized, we'll have opportunity to kind of develop some of that stuff currently there's not a whole lot that we provide but um i mean there's you can spend the next three months of your life on youtube learning about brown trout <laughs> sure um, yeah um sure you could take the, well we could take this podcast as the gospel yeah you right? know brown, brown trout according to travis yeah and there yeah. it is there's the word you're good I'm a very, yeah but <laughs> take everything with a grain of salt because i work in sure. a very like small small corner of the brown trout world they exist from here to germany and everywhere in between and sure yeah, the yeah. ocean so of course of yeah. course <laughs> yeah uh well awesome travis we really appreciate you coming back and joining us on the podcast and letting us uh filling us in on the brown trout i think that's dude awesome awesome yeah. because it's just we've had such good water years that 
you really haven't had to think about it. And I think it was just important to talk about and go like, hey, well, hey, it's a little bit different now. So yeah. um, and, and maybe when well, people will learn from this, they'll 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 hear this. They'll maybe phys- physically go down there and actually just go see it, you know, go like, OK, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Then we know those high water years come back. Uh, they can open their eyes a little bit and go, oh, well, you know, this is what I need to look look out for even yeah. during high water. So, yeah, and it's I mean, it is it's cool to see like. I mean, it, it is an opportunity to get to see something pretty cool that you may never see, um, you know, when they're out there doing their thing. I, I see it. Sorry. I see it fairly regularly. <laughs> phone call. But um, but yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a wind up toy. <laughs> yeah, a wind up duck. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, it's cool to see um, just, yeah, as long as everyone recognizes what's happening out there on the landscape and appreciates it, I think that's a good thing. And, you know, I like sharing the information because a lot of people don't don't have the opportunity to see it and don't know about it. So, Right, right. Well, awesome, buddy. Travis, really appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's always a treat to have you on the podcast and hopefully down the road we could have you back on and we, we could talk about different things and hopefully at that point we have a little bit better water situation so you know the tempo will be a little bit more upbeat but it is what it is right now so awesome well thanks again bud i really appreciate you being here yeah no problem i'm happy to do it thank you awesome all right well there it is there's our episode of burritos breaks and flies and until next time tight lines <laughs>